Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Enjoy the story us, the Globe did about you and, and Ramadan, and, getting through Ramadan. Yeah, we actually just, um, I think it was three days ago was Eid, so. That's just, we, we, we non-Muslims are amazed at how you, you know, can get through that. That's such a, that's, that's a demanding thing that you have to go through it's, it's it. tough it's tough i definitely missed a, a couple of days where I, I i didn't fast as well but um it's usually once you get past the first week um mm-hmm. you you're okay the body yeah. just gets used to it listen we'll have some fun we'll do some serious stuff we'll have some fun which you do well and uh we'll, we'll go back uh to a little bit so uh here we go and basketball analysis with over 70 years combined experience. This is the Bob Ryan and Jeff Goodman podcast. NBA, some college, a little bit of everything. You know, what can I say? But it wasn't going to happen here with him. I was okay with it because it wasn't about talent, I didn't think. All right, let's get right to it. All right, here we go. Another edition of the Ryan and Goodman podcast. I'm Jeff Goodman. He's Bob Ryan. And we've got a terrific guest today, none other in Boston Celtics big man, uh, Taco Fall. Taco, thanks for uh, for jumping on. I know you're – I don't know if you're busy or not these days. I don't think any of us are really busy, right? Um, not really. I mean, I've, I've tried to keep myself busy and, um, you know, first of all, try to stay in shape because that's the most important thing right now. You don't know when we – we don't know when we might get back, so it's always good to stay ready. And uh, uh, just to keep my mind sharp, I've been able to do a few things here and there. Just so I don't lose it. I talk. Oh. I want to get one thing right done right off the top. I want to go on record as saying that was a charge on Zion. <laughs> <laughs> I said it at the. I jumped out of the chair. Man, that that game was was insane. <laughs> uh, that game was insane. But it sure was. It sure was. We'll get to that probably later. Let, let, let's start back, <laughs> Taco of of you know, 2015. I remember talking to Donnie Jones, your then coach at, at UCF, um, mm-hmm. about how you were not cleared to play. And a, a lot of people probably forget this. You weren't cleared, and it, it looked bad that you weren't ever going to get to play college basketball. And oh, Donnie, yeah. I, I remember. Yeah, Donnie kind of told me what a good kid you were, the, the trouble you were having getting cleared. You had bounced around after coming over here from uh, uh, from home in, in Dakar, Senegal, and um, – we eventually got got some people behind it. We got everybody and their mother to tweet it out the story, and it was like the NCAA honestly 
had no choice. I mean, I, I felt like we put so much pressure on them, not me per se, but everybody else. And, uh, and the NCAA cleared, uh, cleared you to play, and the rest is sort of history. But go back, honestly, Taco, go back to – I want to know kind of uh, your conditions growing up, what it was like for you and your family when you first started playing basketball. Were you any good, or, or were you just, you know, uh, tall and somebody threw you out there? Yeah, I was, I was tall, and I was just thrown out there uh, when I first started. Um, it was back home. I mean, my first game, my first real game was in the States. Um, but I got into, in, like, introduced to the game when I was 16. And uh, it's, this guy, his name is um, Ibrahim Inja. He has an academy um, back home that he has started. And he has started, like, bringing kids over um, to, to the States. So he just randomly saw me. And uh, he wanted me to go look at his academy. And I was like, no, I don't know you, so I'm not going to come with you. <laughs> So he was like, okay, can I talk to your parents? And um, I took him to talk to my mom the same day. And uh, from there, he was like, okay, like your son is, you know, he's pretty tall. I'm sure it's a lot of people that have come up to you and told you that, you know, he should at least consider playing basketball. And he was like, I can help him as far as like going to school and um, going to the state and he will probably get the best training over there. So from there, uh, my mom was like, okay, as long as he continues his education, that's, that's what matters for me. So I spent, I would, I would go to school. Usually I would go to school, go home, sometimes hang out with my friends, do some homework and play some soccer here and there. But then I started to go from school and then come home. Uh, sometimes I would find food there. Sometimes there wouldn't be any food, but <laughs> go, go to, go to the academy, um, that he had, um, you know, watch, watch some of the older guys play. Um, there were a lot of kids over there. I, I used to do some drills with the kids. Um, and it, it was it was fun. So I did that for six months. And um, after that, I came over to the States. And uh, my first stop was in Houston. And from there, I just had – I mean, I, I played soccer. Um, I did – my mom used to put me in, like, martial arts because she started out soft she wanted me to toughen up so <laughs> she put me she put me in karate uh i did that with my cousin and uh she one one of my best two of my best friends did taekwondo and i did that with them as well mm-hmm. and then play some soccer but i've never really considered sports to be you know anything serious for me so um yes i did those but it was just mostly for fun and i we didn't take it serious. So when I first started ba- playing basketball, that's really how I saw it. I didn't really see it as something, you know, that maybe put – I mean, I knew about the NBA, and I didn't know much about college basketball, but it wasn't something that was, you know, in my mind when I first started. So it took me a while to get used to, you know, knowing how hard you had to work, especially me start, starting that late. I started at 16 years old, so I had a lot of catching up to do. Um, and then emotionally, that was the hardest part because I was a tall kid that didn't play, didn't like had no experience in like playing basketball. And uh, coming into the states, it's like basketball is so big here, like basketball, football, and all that. So all these people were looking at me like, "Oh, he's tall, so automatically he has to be good." And um, you weren't. I remember those; those; those were really, really tough days for me emotionally. Um, 
once once I really got tired of it, I, that's why I say being stubborn is good because once once I was like, you know what, like I, I've made it all the way here. I left my mom back in Senegal. I left my brother back in Senegal. Like I have to do this. So I just started to tune out all the noises and um, started working really hard and just fell in love with that because I just kept seeing myself getting better and uh, and better. And I was fortunate to have, you know, great people around me, great coaches, um, a good support system. For the most part, um, I've been to some struggle throughout those years. But for the most part, especially when I got to Florida, uh, where I found my host family, I was really, really in a stable situation where I just kept working um, kept playing against good competition, had good teammates, and just try. And I was trying to compete against them. I was trying to compete against the people I was playing with, and compete against the players that were in, on my team because they were ranked back then. And I was mm-hmm. like, you know what? Like, I'm. I'm just. It was. It was. It was a healthy competition, though. It was just trying to go after them, trying to you know get better than them, and from there I just kept seeing myself improving um, every year. And that's really what I fell in love with. With currently no NBA, NHL, or Major League Baseball, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Bet Online still has hundreds of places to wager, from their online casino to poker and blackjack, all open 24 hours a day and all online. Sports aren't totally done. There's still mixed martial arts, golf, esports, XFL, and many more. So if you're in entertainment, you can still bet an American Idol, the elections, the spelling bee, and even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. Be sure to use the promo code CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus in your first deposit. Bet online, your full access wagering solution. Taco, the first Senegalese player that I recall becoming aware of was Boubacar Al at Georgetown, who ended up playing four years there and was the captain uh, and any does any step along the way have you encountered him? Has he reached out to you? I, I have not. Um the first the first Senegalese player that I have had um the experience of meeting was Mamadou Njai mm-hmm. and uh his Ibrahim's brother. So the, the the guy that has the academy where pretty much it all started, his brother is Mamadou Njai. So he was the first one and then um after I started um, like in, in throughout those years, I was able to meet um, some of the guys that play are playing in the NBA, like Gorgi Dieng, and um, some some that have retired, like Maktar NDI, um, Bonifaz, and players like that. Taco, not every very tall person that I've encountered or I know about that's played basketball is totally comfortable with with his height and in life in general. Uh, uh, you know, for you, how have you accommodated? How have you, you know, just, you only know the one way, of course, but how do you feel about the, that being that tall? Well, that's, that's the funny thing. When, when I'm around people, I don't really see myself being that much bigger than them, which is funny. Um, mm-hmm. I don't realize it until someone takes a picture or I see myself on TV. I'm like, man, like, that's really how people, you know, see me, but <laughs> When I'm around, amongst people, I don't, I, I don't feel ashamed of of my height because I I have no conscience of it. I just mm-hmm. I, I pretty much just just blend in, and um, I think that has really helped me with uh, embracing it. it. It's amazing, Taco. Honestly, I tell everybody this: 
like the way you can light up a room and your personality and you're always upbeat. You're up, and then you put you and Grant Williams together in that <laughs> locker room and it's over. Cause the two of you are like talking nonstop, laughing, smiling, but, but Bob's right. Like most big guys, um, kind of try to go small like they they almost kind of are are you know I don't know just not comfortable not comfortable and and are almost forced to play the game uh and a lot don't love it um why do you love it so much now because it sounds like you didn't early and you grew to love it yeah I did that's that's what I was saying that's the competition part of it that really made me fall in love with it because having a lot of catching up to do um, and started to, you know, think about where I started and about my family, my mom, leaving them back home, leaving my brother back home. For me, I was like, you know what, like, this is a tool that I can use to give him a better life. So I really kept going at it. But while I was going at it, all those people that I was trying to compete against, when I would play, that just, I just had that fire inside of me. I was like, man, like, I have to beat this guy. And that's really what I fell in love with. And it was, it wasn't like, you know, there's different type of competitions and it's like for me when you see me on the court you can tell I'm I'm having fun like it's just I'm I'm always always have the same expression um regardless of you know how things is going I'm just I'm just out there having fun and it's just the competition part of it that I just love the uh have you well the, the person that you get most equated to in the memory of many of us is the late Manute Bowl uh who was a uh, you know, from Sudan, South Sudan, and, uh, and he seemed to enjoy the game too. But uh, I just got to talk about it. I once saw him, uh, Taco, here's something for you to aim for. I once saw him in the first period of a game in, in the Cap Center in Baltimore block a shot on each of the five Celtic starters separately. <laughs> he got he got Paris, Mikhail, Bird, DJ, and Danny Ainge, your big, big boss, <laughs> in the first period. <laughs> so wow. there's one for you. You can name, you can you can think about that one. <laughs> I, I can I can throw it I can throw it to Danny when I see him. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, I, tell Danny that uh, yeah about the day that, that they got he got all five in the first period. But uh, Taco, going no, back, I, 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 I've thought about doing a story on. <laughs> kids when they come over whether it's Africa or or anywhere uh, internationally and when they come over a lot of times if they're not good enough they just get left behind like whoever brings them over isn't always doing it for the best interest of the kids they're doing it for the best interest of them to make money off that kid Mm -hmm. Um, did you have some of that when you got here and how much is that I know somebody did a story on it recently I I forget 60 minutes or or 20 yeah, they did a decent job with it. I've always wanted to do it and do it right because you hear the stories of, of kids who came over, were promised certain things, just weren't good enough, and then were just cast off and nobody cared about them. How, how much does that go on, Taco? And, and with you, did you experience any of that? It goes on a, a lot. And um, 60 Minutes came in and um, reached out to me and um, they wanted to know about my story and how I got here. And I would say myself, I'm one of the fortunate ones um, because even though I went through, you know, some things, um, a lot of mine were just about the paperwork, on the paperwork <laughs> side. I got here and uh, I wasn't taken to the school I was supposed to be at and uh, it just messed up all the paperwork that I had, which I wasn't, I wasn't aware of. And um, 
pretty much throughout all that year, I was trying to find a different school. That's why I was moving from state to state. And um, they, the, the, the people that brought me here, I would say they, they definitely messed up, but uh, they try, they try to redeem themselves. Um, one of them, one of them actually came and he was helping us trying to find a school after everything was, um, was broken down. So I was one of the fortunate ones, but there is a lot of other kids that come in here. And uh, like you say, when they're not good enough, they just, they just left alone. And I've seen, I've heard of many stories like that. I've seen many stories like that. And um, that's, that's not cool. Um, so for me, that I've, I've really been trying to use my voice to bring awareness to that and um, try to use my platform to, you know, help as much as I can, which, um, the NBA has been really, really great at um, since 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 I've you know got in, uh, I've been able to participate in a few of the things that they had, like um, the basketball without borders, um, them launching the the basketball league in Africa, and um, I think all of that is just gonna gonna help because now everything that you do is gonna be seen. Like you're not gonna be able to do much, you know. And yeah, so you got you gonna have the spotlight over in Africa, so. Is going to help the kids, and a lot of them won't even necessarily have to come because people are investing so much. You know, for them over there, they're having new basketball courts, better coaches. Now they have the league that's coming, and uh, it's it's really going to help. But um, there's there's a lot of that going on, and um, for me, it's just how how can I help? As you know by now, I'm finally doing something about my weight and my health by starting Awaken 180 Weight Loss. I've already dropped about 18 pounds, and I'm not the only one. Kendrick Perkins is down about 30 pounds, and we're just two of 11,000 who found the solution for weight loss. No gym, no medication, no tricks, or gimmicks. Awaken 180, a combination of science, nutrition, and expert one-on-one coaching. If you have weight to lose, I recommend you call Paige and her team. You'll lose weight starting the first week and each and every week until you get to your ideal weight. Awaken 180, six locations, but during this lockdown, they're starting client virtual, the same program from the comforts of your home. Simply log in to awaken180weightloss.com. Fill out the form online and start your weight loss transformation. Awaken 180 Weight Loss, the official weight loss program for the Boston Red Sox. How much untapped potential do you think there is from your experience, what you know about not just your home country, but the other countries Mm -hmm. in Africa? Uh, I've always, I've been exposed to international basketball going back to the 92 Olympics Mm -hmm. and I've seen some things and, and, and saw some snippets here and there of of untapped talent. Nigeria, for example, I thought should have progressed more because there's so much raw talent, I think. And and Mm -hmm. probably it's not the only country where that's true. Man, you you have you have no idea. Um, all you have to do is just take 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 one summer and 
go 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 to an African country, any African country, you you would just see the difference between us over there and here. Here, kids start playing sports even at a very young age, like very very young age. They they get the chance to you know experience different things and see what they're good at, and um, they have people to invest in them. But back home. Uh, like for me, soccer was the major sports in there. And um, kids just are naturally good in soccer. Like it, we have so many good soccer players without even the coaching. They don't have any coaching. They don't have the, 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 the nutrition that comes with it, the training or anything like that. And they are good. Just imagine if those kids had the proper coaching, mm-hmm. the proper nutrition, um, and just everything, everything else that comes with it. And the sky would be the limit. And for me, um, I didn't play. I didn't play basketball back home, and I didn't see some of that until even recently when I participated in those, like in those camps, and when I was one of the coaches. And I just saw so so much raw talent, and I just told myself, like, what if these kids were taught how to play the game at a very young age with all the height that they have, the athleticism that they have, and all of that developing over the years, and it just the sky would be the limit for all of them. So what, what have you been doing here? Well, I, I see behind you, you got some pictures back there. Is this your room? Is like, like where are you living? Give me kind of what you've been doing, where you're living these days. And at least you don't have to take the shuttle back and forth between Boston and Portland, right? Oh, no, 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 not anymore. <laughs> but that, 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 actually, that ex, the whole experience was actually fun. Um, that drive between Boston and, uh, and Maine, it was about – um, now in 45, two hours, and it, you know, the the landscape was pretty. Um, it, Boston is very, very pretty, and uh, Maine was pretty too. So driving around, going back and forth, and just the experience of playing in the G League, getting that gaming experience, and then coming back in Boston uh, with the coaches working, uh, being in a few other games. That was that was really fun. Um, I really feel like this really helped me, you know, as a basketball player. And, it's definitely going to help me going moving forward in my career. But yeah, right now I'm in I'm in Boston. Um, this this is my apartment. That's my I'm in my living room right now. Mm-hmm. So I've I've been here since um, since we've been on quarantine. What do you got behind you? What what, what are all those pictures, Taka? It's um, anime characters like uh, yep. Japanese cartoons. Um, yep. I work. I'm I'm a big fan of those. So <laughs> it's it's pretty much everywhere in the in the house. Really? Yeah. Have you been uh, doing the social distancing thing pretty well and, and, and ordering it? Like, what have you been doing? Picking up food, cooking? Can you cook? Well, I've cooked a few, a couple times. Um, I mean, cooking now is easy. You can just get get a recipe online and go shop and make it. So, I've 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 been cooking. Um, there's this guy that that does pre pre made meals um, that I've been using. So he would drop a food for me every Sunday. And um, uh, I would order Uber Eats here, here and there, but they they don't come in. They just leave the food at the door, and then you go, you go pick it up. Um, for the most part, I mean, I live by myself, so there hasn't, you know, there is nobody around right now. Um, I've been working out, um, trying trying to stay in shape, so um, that's that's been good. So I'm I'm staying active for the most part. Let's talk a little basketball for a second too. Uh, um, what kind of feel do you get or or direct instruction uh do you get from the Celtic organization about how you would be best utilized offensively in the modern game well 
um, I mean, for me, they they know they know what I can do, and that's why I'm here. Um, I have a huge presence on on the court, um, especially defensively, and I can help any team doing that right away. And um, for me, they they see that from like even the games that I had in um, in Maine, they saw how I was able to impact um, on that side of the floor. And offensively, um, since I got to Boston, I've been working with Jay, Jay Lonegger. He's um, the coach that I've been assigned with. And Jay hasn't tried to put me on the box. Um, Jay has been working on me in a lot of different stuff. Um, he's, he's fixing my, my shot for, for the free throw. Um, he, you know, he makes me handle the ball just to be comfortable um, doing that because we run a lot of dribble handoffs to the bigs and things like that. So, me being able to have that skill is really, really going to help me. And for us uh, here in Boston, our jobs is, is pretty easy. We just got to make it easy for the guards because we already have the scoring. Um, we have, we have, you know, we have one of the best teams in the NBA. You have JT, Jalen, Gordon, Kemba. Um, all those guys can so can score. So for me, it's just a matter of um, looking at how I can help them. And for now, it's going to be on the defensive side of the floor. And um, on the offensive side, whenever my name get called, um, I'm a pretty good local scorer. Um, I've shot a very high percentage in college, and even in the pros, I still shoot a very high percentage. Um, I can get them easy basket um, when when I need to. Have Have you been surprised by the way Boston fans have taken to you? Like, did it did it shock you at all early? Because you were like a phenomenon before you even stepped in the court? Like, what, what was that whole thing like for you in Boston? Man, that, I mean, this, this whole, even until now, I still, I still can't believe it. It's, uh, it's, been, it's been a blessing um, just, to, just to see all of that. I, I can't say that I didn't expect it because I saw some of it building up and, you, you know, you could just see it. But to the extent where it got to, uh, there was like, I was like, wow, this is this is just insane from like the summer league and uh I felt bad for my coach. <laughs> for, I felt bad for Coach Scott, Scott Why? Morrison. Um, because for, first of all, in the summer league, so it was the big it was Rob, Nanu, and I. And I was playing behind Rob. So whenever Rob would go in and Scott would put me in, the whole crowd would like put taco in, put taco in. <laughs> and that was I, I just felt felt bad for him so it started there and I thought that okay yeah so it's summer league it's, it's okay and then after summer league it even picked up uh we went through the preseason um the garden just was like like it was insane they, they say they um they were telling me the it, it felt like a playoff atmosphere just and I just I just felt really blessed and you know fortunate to to be in that position because I, I didn't feel like it's, it was anything that I did or anything that I've said, but it's, it, I, I've just, I've just really been really blessed and I've been trying to uh, embrace it. Let's go back to that Duke game for a second. And the whole, let's talk about this stuff. The, you got a taste of the NCAA experience uh, there. And, you know, what, was it everything that they told you it might be? Did you feel, you know, that it was just a little more heightened and a little more something different than the regular season game? Oh, yeah. The NCAA has its own spirit, and you can feel it from, from the get-go. Um, just, it's like, 
it took us four years to get there. So we we were on we had like a very very high. It's like you work so hard to get to get to do something, and you finally get to do it, and you're just in awe. And um, that's that's how it worked for you know us for you know BJ Chad that's been there pretty much since I was a freshman, and then Aubrey came in and all the other guys we've just been every year been trying to do it and some year we're very close uh maybe one or two years we were not but then when we finally made it i was like wow this is just unbelievable and then we got past the first game and it was almost like faded like for us to play dude because <laughs> I, I just saw it coming um because Dawkins coming from duke uh, with his son and everything, because Dawkins played for Coach K, and yep. uh, people try to put me against Zion. <laughs> Zion. Everybody wanted that. Um, oh yeah, it, yeah. So it it was, but but for us, we 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 didn't really try to think about much, you know, of the outside noise. We um, we had been to a lot of adversity already, so um, we we had nothing to lose. We just had to go out there and play you know, the way we knew how to and just give it everything that we had. And we had the older team. Uh, we had a lot more experience. So uh, we, we used that to our, our advantage. And it was a pretty close game. But that that game was filled with Duke fans. Like everywhere you turn, is just blue, blue, blue. And you see a <laughs> section of um, a couple, a few UCF fans and um, the fans from Virginia were <laughs> um, cheering for us too. And uh, Ralph Simpson was there. How was he? Yeah, that was the first time I got to meet him, and that was that was pretty great. Now, Ralph, by the way, was one of the people I was alluding to earlier. I don't mm. think Ralph was happy being seven feet four. Uh, Ralph played, he, and Jeff talked about playing small. Ralph was ahead of his time. He stepped out. He wanted to spend the whole game shooting jump shots. He didn't want to bang around the low post at all at seven four at all. And I always said that if Ralph could pay a million dollars for an operation, that he'd wake up being six four, he would have paid it. <laughs> But he was ahead of his time in that sense, though. He he really was. He was yeah. a very elegant player. No yeah, doubt. Ralph, Ralph was great. Um, I got to talk to him afterwards. Um, after after the game, he came to our locker room. He had to look up to you while I tried like that. <laughs> yeah, so that was that was that was awesome to meet him. That's that's nice. So so Grant Grant Williams has moved in with Kemba, and. Yeah. I, I don't know how Kemba's surviving without like bottles of Tylenol and Advil uh, because we both know like Grant doesn't shut up ever. No, like you talk a no. lot. Listen, <laughs> you talk a lot, but it's nothing compared to Grant. What do, yeah. what do you think life is like uh, at, at Kemba Walker's house right now uh, with, with, with Grant living there? Well, Kemba probably ran away. <laughs> Kemba probably won't, doesn't even spend spend time at the house. He probably just leave Grant Grant over there. Um, but yeah, Grant 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 is like. I mean, you're right. I I do talk sometimes, but I'm I talk mostly with the people I'm comfortable with. So if if I once I get comfortable with somebody, then yeah, we can. But then if I'm not comfortable with someone, I, I'm I'm just yeah. really very very to myself but grant is like that with everyone 24 7 Taco, you obviously have a, a facility for language uh exactly how much english did you have if any and how long before you felt comfortable here in, in um it took me six months to um oh to, all that time 
<laughs> it did. It, did. it took oh, me six boy. That's amazing. Six months to be able to like uh, be really fluent. I knew some English, but it was very hard for me because my ears weren't used to you know people talking in English, and so like everything was so fast. And right, and, and so many, you know, so many different accents, and in every country, there are different yeah. dialects and accents. And you go to the south; it's a lot different than if you would come here, yeah, for example, for sure. first, right? For sure. You go to Texas, and they got their own language. For but, sure. Uh, uh, so your native language is Francais? Uh, Wolof, and then fr- fr- French is my second. Second language, okay. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. <laughs> of how many? How about what else? Do you do Espanol? Uh, no. I, Spanish is going to be the next one, and then Japanese. Oh! Really? Okay. Yeah. What, what have you learned? Like, have, have people say through, throughout the <clears throat> pandemic, you know, try to find, like, one thing that they're kind of working on? Other yeah. than for you, basketball, obviously. And I don't know what you're able to do. You haven't talked about that. What you've mm-hmm. actually been able to do basketball-wise. Uh, I talked to Tatum early on in this thing, two weeks in, three weeks in, and he said he hadn't taken a shot. He hadn't dribbled the basketball. I know that changed quickly after we did that podcast. That <laughs> did. Exactly. What, what have you been able to do basketball-wise first and where? And then <clears> – <throat> non-basketball is there something that you've worked on tried to pick up in this time well basketball wise i first started so like when when we, when the quarantine was like you have to stay and you, you can't go up i would um go up to the parking garage and um I, I had a basketball with me i would dribble the basketball and um i would i would run run up the ramp so like you know like in the parking garages where you go up to the next level yeah. So I would just run up and down of that. I did that for for a few weeks, and um, now now we we've been able to um, use our facilities. Um, ours is not open yet, so we not we haven't been able to get in. But um, for the most part, we've been allowed to use um, some some gyms that um, we would been approved to use. So um, just doing workouts there, and um, I would occasionally still run, get some conditioning in. So uh, I'm still still staying sharp. And uh, as far as non-basketball, uh, <clears throat> I, I had, like, I had first started, because I have a guitar now, and um, um, I've been, I had been trying to learn how to play the guitar. I haven't actually picked it up uh, for a while now, but that's something, that's some of the things that um, I've been trying to do. And uh, Can you sing? Also, huh? Can you sing? No. No, who's wait, wait, who's got the best voice in the in the locker room? Celtics uh, locker room. Anybody can anybody sing? No, but I mean, Graham Romeo, will say he can, right? No, he cannot. But Romeo has this like weird voice that he does when he sings, and it's actually pretty decent. Really? He had yeah. He had um. We had this. We had to do some community service. Um, I think it, it was during Christmas time, and um, they made the rookies sing some Christmas songs. And then Romeo was the one leading it, and I was pretty decent. So, any, yeah. any hazing? Any rookie hazing that you had to go through this year? Give me no. – they must have done something to you. Nothing? No, no. They were, they, were, they, they were pretty good, especially to me. That, like, they were – and I, I'm, I'm, I was glad. I'm like, I'm in one of the best teams in the NBA, and all these guys, a lot of the guys were way older than us. They didn't. They could have had fun. Time. With you and Grant, like, how did they not do something – I mean, to well, Grant. Well, Grant, Grant, 
you know, you know, like when you know something is going to happen and you try to get ahead of it. Yeah. That was Grant. So Grant was the one that would like take get the towels for the most part, and on the road he would make sure everyone got like their soap, and um, he would do he would do all the shopping and stuff like that, and then he would text us. Um, he would text he would text everyone and ask whatever we needed or um, whatever we wanted. So Grant Grant really stayed ahead of everything. So I don't think they gave Grant a hard time. They didn't give me a hard time because I was. I'm cool. I was cool with every, everyone. And uh, I didn't try to step over anyone toes. I respected Smart everyone. Man. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's, been, it's been a few few instances where uh, someone didn't do what they were supposed to do and it got a little weird. But for the most part, never. My, my, Bob, you got something else? No, it's okay. <clears throat> my last question for you, Taco, and I got to run because we got our AC went out. In our, oh. so it's like 80 degrees. So my wife and daughter just walked in. They said the AC guy's coming in. So hopefully okay. here in a minute. But <laughs> my last question for you, um, what do you want your legacy to be? I know it's early, you're young, but I feel like your impact is, is so much more than a lot of players in terms of obviously where you, where you came from uh, and how you're able to affect people in a positive way. Have mm-hmm. you thought about that? What you want your kind of impact and legacy to be as you – kind of go through your career? Uh, I have. I have thought, especially recently, I've really thought a lot about it. And um, I asked, it, it made me ask myself, like, why? Um, why a lot of things that have happened, you know, to me and for me has happened because it just it just couldn't have been random from the way I started playing basketball to how I got here to, you know, my time, my time here in the States and, everything that has, that has happened and I'm I'm like you already know I'm a Muslim and faith faith is really really big in you know in 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 my in my household that's that's how I grew up so for me it's it's like how can I make God's blessing be you know seen only and just um and for me it's just I'm trying to inspire as many people as I can to try to following my footsteps and not necessarily do the same things that I did or um, have the same path, but um, just being able to see that, you know, regardless, you can never do something too late. And if you work hard and you treat, you know, everybody the same way you want to be treated, then things will always work out in your favor at the end. And that's just how I see it. And that's, um, that's my way of life. And, I just want to inspire as many people as I can through that. And uh, by basketball-wise, I definitely want to give a, a huge legacy. Um, don't, regardless of how far it's going to take me, um, I want to become the best basketball player that I can possibly become, whatever it's going to be. Well, listen, my, my daughter just walked in. She wants to say a quick Hi. hello. This is Tyler. Hey, how you doing? Man. How you doing? We, I'm good. Good. Appreciate you uh, you coming on the pod, and uh, always good to see you. And uh, continued uh, good health, success, sure. and uh, everything. Honestly, with, with your road, and especially again, I feel like I was a small, small, small part. And not 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 small. Uh, you you play you played a huge part of it, and um, uh, I, I'm I told you thank you before, but I'm I'm gonna say it again. Uh, I really appreciate what you what you did for me back then. That was that was huge, and uh, 
even my my host mom emailed you if you if you remember. Oh, she, I remember. Yeah, she you could have too. I loved her. Oh my gosh, she's she's the, you you do not want to be on her best side. <laughs> so she you could have you could have ignored her her um her, her email. I mean, a few people knew who I were, but you know I wasn't. You know, I, I was just a regular college recruit, and uh, you took your time to get the word out, and uh, that really meant a lot. So thank you. All I can say is keep on doing what you're doing. Your, your instincts have been terrific, and follow them. You've been, you've been doing it right all along, Taco. Thank you. Yep. Appreciate it. Like I said, be safe, be well, and uh, hopefully we will see, uh, we'll see you in person soon. Yes, sir. Thank you.